Hi friends, welcome to the Bloom Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Sad, alongside with your other host, Elizabeth Critton. This is a podcast where we connect as real women with real stories. All of us on here know how to laugh and have a good time, but it doesn't mean this is your typical brunch talk. As a disclaimer for our listeners, at times the stories and conversations may feel a bit too real, because they are. We want these conversations with you, no matter how surface or deep they go, because real relationships don't just hang out at the shallow end where it is always sunny and safe. Your real tribe is willing to go with you into the deep and come out swimming with you on the other side. Ultimately, we are here to shine light where it is dim or dark and slay the lies in your life by covering them with God's truth. Our hope for everyone listening and joining us is to empower action, encourage hope, and equip you with the power tools to break through and be who you are made to be. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. Thank you for joining us. Now let's dive in. God, I thank you for this time that we have together as sisters and as your daughters. And we just invite you in. And we just thank you for this beautiful space that Annie and Elizabeth have created within Bloom Strong and that all of these incredible souls have stepped into the space today, that they've said yes, that they have pushed pause for just a few minutes to carry on a conversation together about soul care and uh, what that looks like for them. And God, for them to know that there is no condemnation for those who are walking in Christ Jesus and that this is a judgment-free zone, that today that they don't feel any shame encroaching their thoughts, that this time that we have together is sacred and sweet, and that for those that come today with a heavy heart, that all of us seem to be walking through something. We're all in the timeline of our process together, and we just ask that you would um, just step in to every moment with us as we step into this moment together with you in faith, believing that each of us will carry away uh, a piece of what we need today that we can walk away and apply and implement into our lives to live and walk more freely. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we will. I'm excited about our Q&A at the end. Uh, Let's open with, uh, in addition to praying, let's, I want to give you guys some scriptures. So, In my own life and in what I do, I love um, hearing, and it's all virtual, my coaching, but I love hearing the dots connect. And when I am just listening to a female on the other end of the phone, you can hear the lights coming on, right? You can hear the shadows and the darkness being just lit up in her life. And that, that breathes life into me because Annie and Elizabeth and I are here today to just facilitate a conversation with you. And, um, I have my afternoon coffee. (laughs) I'm breaking the rules a little bit. I have a little bit more Starbucks today. Um, not because of y'all, but because I didn't sleep great last night. Um, So I want to read you guys a scripture that uh, a couple of scriptures and one Annie and I actually shared together over the weekend. Um, So I'm going to go to Proverbs 31. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. So I'm going to start with verse 15, um, if you guys are jotting some things down. So chapter 31, verse 15 in Proverbs, 
It says, even in the night season, she arises and sets food on the table for hungry ones in her house and for others. She sets her heart upon a nation and takes it as her own, carrying it within her. She labors there to plant the living vines. She wraps herself in strength, might, and power in all her works. She tastes and experiences a better substance, and her shining light will not be extinguished no matter how dark the night. So I want to back up for just a minute to verse 15. So I love this because it says, even in the night season, and the scripture says she sets food on the table for those in her house. So this is actually not talking just about physical food, but it's actually speaking to our prayer life. And it's actually, it's actually referencing that even in the night season. So we know that for whatever reason, right, the, the night seems harder when we're going through things. And even in the daytime, it can feel dark. Uh, we can feel heavy. We are walking through things. So what this tells us is that the soul care that we walk out, the process of how we walk out is that not only does our prayer life impact us and speak into the chaos in our lives, but it sets a table for others to come. And that's beautiful because we begin a process so much of the time because we need to tend to our souls and we need to put ourselves on the radar. And instead of just pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps or just powering through or pushing through, there's times in our lives where that is necessary, but long-term we burn out. That's not sustainable. Um, the next scripture is, I love this. It says, she tastes and experiences a better substance and her shining light will not be extinguished no matter how dark the night. So the, um, the darkness again comes back and just the, just the heaviness. And I believe that God speaks so much to the heaviness and to the weariness that's in our souls because he knew that it wasn't if it would come, but when. And so the word of God, the scriptures help us to put a, a measure of prevention. It's like, it's, it's our prevention in place to, to know because he doesn't want us to walk in the dark. He doesn't want us to, to live with that heaviness and carry that around day in and day out. He knows that the enemy of our soul, the design that, that God creates for us is light. And the enemy wants us to walk in darkness. He wants us to, to live heavy. You know, he wants us to carry that out. Um, and through that process, it exhausts us. And that's a, that's a tactic of the enemy is exhaustion. So if he can make us grow weary, then our joy gets depleted. And so another dot in the scriptures to connect is that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Okay. So I'm going to take you to, um, my probably Annie and Elizabeth have heard this scripture so many times. Um, but it's just, you know, it's foundational. So it's in Romans and it's chapter eight. And beginning with verse 14, it says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you do not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Some translations say adoption, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned 
For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying words with tender affection, beloved father. So I'm sure all of us could raise our hands and nod our head if we have ever experienced in our lives not feeling good enough. It seems that it is the message that is directed at our soul every single day. And if it's not in our face, it's subtle, right? It's the subtleties of the enemy and the tactics, um, whether that's through circumstances, past relationships, present relationships, unresolved issues, places in our lives or with others where there needs reconciliation, magazine covers, whatever it is that reminds us that we're not enough. It's always in front of us. It's always there. And we can take that instead of just camping out there and pitching in on not feeling good enough is to begin to renew our minds. The scripture says that our eyes are transformed when we renew our mind and podcast and, you know, teaching and even life coaching with what I do is amazing. At some point, all of that comes together to create a beautiful tapestry. Have you ever seen the back of a tapestry, what it looks like? It's so messy, right? And on the front, it's just glorious. It's majestic. It's beautiful. You see the front of it and you don't know until you turn it around and you look at the back and you begin to see the knots and the ties and where the threads have overlapped one another. Isn't that so indicative of our soul, right? Is that we, others see our progress. Others see what we've, uh, where we are or how we've arrived. And they don't often consider the battles that we fought and the wars that we've gone through. Some we've lost and some that we've won to, to show them what they're seeing in front of them. When our lives look beautiful, they don't know the ash heaps that we've come from and what's been around us. So I want you to know today, as we dive into soul care and unpack this with you, um, that this is a conversation and it's not one time, right? That's what I love is Philippians uh, 1 says that God is going to finish what he started. And it says, even until the day of Jesus Christ. That gives me so much hope to know that we are a constant work in progress and that we're not doing it alone. And that what I love about seeing all of you on here is that pushing pause for yourself and for your soul care. Know this, when you tend to your soul, not only does it bring you healing, offer healing to everyone around you you're better and everyone around you is better for it. So as we talk today, just carry in your soul, your spirit, your body, your mind, will, and emotions that you are good enough. It says leading you back into the fear. So the reality is, are you good enough? It's fear that says you're not, right? It's fear. And sometimes we think that God the opposite of fear is faith, but it, that's not true because the scripture says it's his perfect love that drives fear out of our lives, not our faith. Faith comes, faith is the carrier, but it's, it's love. It's his perfect love. And that's what he's inviting all of you into today. The more you tend to your soul, the more you create a space for love in your life with him. 
and then you find out more of who he really meant you to be. So good. I'm finishing writing down. <laughs> when you tend to your soul, then you're tend <laughs> then you're tending to everyone around you. So that's what you said, right? That's so Absolutely. Yeah. That. Um, that was so beautiful. I had some questions um, that I just wanted to ask you too. Um, looking at, you know, clearly we live in a fallen world and so sin creeps in and sometimes we're able to identify it and sometimes we're not because we are just influenced and infiltrated. Like, like you said, like social media, magazine covers, like even other people's souls that they haven't been tending to their souls, but you think they're fine, you know? And, and then their wounded soul projects other things onto your soul and you're like, what's happening? So how does the condition of your soul or our soul affect our ability to commune with the father? Is there a way that you can explain that kind of, um, so that the importance of soul care and the health of your soul um, is connected to your relationship with and intimacy with God. Mm, I love that. Such a powerful question. So on that note, I want to encourage all of you to take on a mindset that often we begin with how and what, what I have done in my own life is I flip the script on that. And instead of asking how I began to ask why and the why led me to the how. And so I wasn't looking for just another routine. I was, I was looking to create a rhythm in my life with God. And so that changed everything for me. So in third John, the third book of John in chapter one, verse two, this is what it says. Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. What does that mean to us? Is that what is our connection to the Father? The connection is that when we tend to our soul, everything rises and falls in our lives based on the condition of our soul. It says, continually enjoying good health in every way, just as your soul is prospering. So when we don't tend to our soul, what the scripture is telling us is that everything in our life is going to suffer as a result of that. And naturally, the, the foundational connection for us is always the Father. It always leads us back to the Father. Everything Jesus did in his life always led him back to his connection with the father always when you read the scriptures you see how jesus connected and how he spoke and he said i am here to do the will of my father even on the cross what did he say father not my will but yours be done so our soul care to directly answer your question, Elizabeth, our soul care, tending to our soul, renewing our mind, asking why that leads us to the how, creates our pathway of intimacy to the Father. So let me just let me just say this real quick before we before we move in. Um, 
belong. That word intimacy, I want you to know that um, because 98 to 99% of the women that I personally um, over the years have coached, that they have had some form of um, violation uh, and, and abuse in their, in their life, whether that was physical, verbal, or sexual. And that word intimacy can feel like a dirty word. And I want mm. you to know that God desires to restore that in your life. Mm. And intimacy is translated to relationship. So that is a real relationship, right? So a narcissist, for example, someone who has narcissistic tendencies, or you see the gaslighting behavior with narcissism, is that they're seeking perfection. Real intimacy is always looking for connection. So God is always looking. He's not looking for perfection or performance from you. And we see that displayed in the scriptures when the father looked at Jesus and he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That was before Jesus did, had done any miracles. The timing of God is always perfect. So much that's encapsulated in that moment. But I, what I want to highlight is just that God's desire and his connection and how he loves us is not tied to how we perform. His pleasure in us is not tied to our performance. So his validation, his love for the son came the minute Jesus arose from the water and he went through that process before he went into his earthly ministry. And I just want to point out that before anybody knew anything about Jesus and his miracles, it was a woman he chose to talk to at the well. <laughs> just had to throw that in there to encourage our hearts today. It was a female girls. <laughs> okay, Elizabeth or Annie, hit me with your next question. What do we got? That's so good. I wrote that down. I thought that was so good because the things that we're pressured to like show ourselves, like who we are, like on social media or, um, how we care about what people think, you know, your pressure is like to be perfect. Um, and that's why people have this huge gaping void more now than ever, because they're putting so much effort in how they appear and how they please man. And, but really we're all starved for, um, connection. And I was like, I love that. And it, and when you're like talking about when Jesus came out, out of the water, um, and God said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased before he had done anything. And it's like that quote, like we are human beings. We are beloved before we even do. We're not human doings. We're human beings. So that's awesome. So yes. I just love that. Yes. Um, so my other, my next question, and if you guys have any questions, you're welcome to butt in and ask because I just wrote down randomly, like quickly what I was thinking. Um, what does it look like for a well soul to slowly be made unwell? How would you explain the cause of that? How does it happen without so many people knowing it? And what are the kingdom effects of a hardened soul? that is not tended to? I think that's the main question because we know souls are unwell, but in a big, big vision picture, souls that aren't tended to do affect the kingdom in a negative way, right? So um, if you have anything that stirs up from that question. Oh, sorry. I muted you on accident. 
Oh, no, that's okay. Can everyone hear me? Am I unmuted? Yes. Okay. Um, if we buy into the lie that our soul doesn't bleed onto others, we are serving ourselves and those around us a great injustice. And what we what we see around us is that everyone is in a process. And like the scripture tells us, if we if our process isn't until we're completely redeemed, <laughs> then that tells me that we are all in process, right? Not just that the the process is in how we say the process is in the process. We are all in process and there is that's where we are gracious and we're merciful that doesn't negate our boundaries it doesn't mean that you know someone says oh i'm sorry uh and that there's a welcome mat at the door of your heart right that's we we exercise health and in our relationships and boundaries and that's all that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> i could do a zoom call for two hours with you guys just on boundaries but coming back to what that looks like for the kingdom is that soul care is kingdom. And it's interesting because when we look at the design of the universe and we look at how and what God created, and we look at that, we look at the ocean and we look at the trees and we look at how everything has its place. And yet at times, how we can serve a God of order. And yet we feel so chaotic that we have this internal and external chaos that we are constantly dealing with. Right. And it comes back to that age old adage of, you know, you focus on what you can control because you can't control what goes on around you. You can't control it. And that's truth. The other truth is that we can speak into it though. That's what I want you to know is that through your soul care, through tending to your soul, that the way that impacts the kingdom of God is because the healthier we become, the more we heal, the more opportunity it gives to create a space for God to work through our story and our testimony of resilience, because naturally as we heal, there's an overflow. So instead of bleeding, we begin healing. Instead of bleeding onto others, right? Instead of it remaining a wound, it becomes a scar. And in that scar, that's our, that's our testimony. We begin to testify from a place the scripture tells us in Revelation how we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. As we speak, that shame will always come to silence us. Shame is right there encroaching our thoughts to silence us because he knows the enemy of our soul knows that the more we, the more we speak, the more we heal, the more we heal. I wanted to share um, a little bit of like 
what I love about what Julia is speaking and why I do think it's so important for um, the restoration, the healing of our soul. Can you guys hear me? I have my headphones yeah. in. Okay. Um, and really like kind of the root to the fruit of how this process went for me with her. And it continues to go. Like Juliet said, we're still always going through these um, restoration processes because for so long we've adopted things of the world, pressures of the world, lies of the world. And we will continue to adopt those things if we don't know who we are and whose we are. And if I don't know who I am, um, if you go into a house or and you leave and you feel a little bit more like stirred up, sometimes somebody else's broken soul or messy soul or whatever, we adopt as our own, whatever we're feeling, we start to adopt it as, oh, is something wrong with me? Or I'm really upset. But the more that we know who we are and what is well with our soul and what is a part of how God created us, we know how to reject or accept what other people will bring us, what, other, what the world will bring us. And if we don't know who we are in him and we're not rooted in him, then we just keep getting messier because more people keep, not like it's their fault, but it's, we don't do the work to know this and it's in the word. That's where you find it. That's the truth. And the more you speak his word and his truth out, that's watering to your soul. And um, a lot of the times we react or do things based on the pressure um, that keeps us in that vicious cycle versus um, the appointing that God puts on us that uh, we can walk in and be led in rather than pressured in. And Juliet, you're going to have to say this quote again, because it just came up, but it was kind of like the orphan who is, um, isn't led or isn't, is led not, I don't know if that is coming back to you, but it reminds me oh, of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's in, um, thank you. Annie. that was so good. Aren't they amazing? These two, it's such an honor, um, to walk life with you guys. So beautiful. Um, yes. So it's in, um, it's in Romans and it actually says, and I'll have to find the exact scripture, but it talks about that those those who are the sons, which is, you know, we can say daughters as well there, but those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God and an orphan. And so we'll unpack that. Um, but an orphan is driven and a son or daughter is led. And what we mean by that is that if you dig into Romans eight, and I encourage you to do that, dig into Romans eight. And I just adore the passion translation of that. I also want to encourage you if you have the Bible app, I, um, encourage when I'm life coaching Annie and Elizabeth, and I think Sonia's on here knows this as well, that I really encourage utilizing. I love the online Bible app because you can compare translations and it really helps you to open the scriptures up. And so it's so amazing because it's like you just start doing your own study and then it's like, ah, this is so addicting. God, you're so addicting. Um, but when we talk about an orphan, uh, I want you to know when you think about a physical orphan, right? So we're talking about the spiritual connotation of that. And yes, God does 
spiritually adopt us into, into his family. And we, we are his right in every sense of the word, not just, but spirit, soul, body, heart, mind, and will, we are his. So when he's, when, when we are talking about, um, the spirit, when it says the spirit of acceptance or the spirit of adoption, that you're no longer orphaned. When you think of a physical orphan, what do you think of unwanted left behind forlorn bereaved no one's coming for you forsaken you think of some attributes right now if you just pause for just a second and just think of some attributes of or characteristics even of an orphan you may know someone i know so many women in my life even my my pastor's wife um was physically orphaned as a child um so many women in my life that were physical orphans um when you translate that spiritually it's like oh, you start to realize you're like well i have an earthly mom and dad no god is talking about when the enemy enters our story we can look and see where the places where he has orphaned us what does that mean well think of think of rifts in your timeline that have happened that left you with that lingering feeling i'm forsaken i'm never good enough i'll never be good enough for anybody will i come through you may have felt orphaned i have you know, women that have, that this began in the womb for them. They heard their mom say, I never wanted kids. I never even wanted to get pregnant. It was never even part of my plan to get pregnant. You were an accident. You were, oh, you were a surprise. And we carry that through our lives of feeling there's this, this looming feeling that my own mother didn't want me or my father or my parents. And so it could be anything. It's not just related to our mom and our dad. It, there's, this is what I want you to know. Satan will repeatedly show up in our lives to orphan us. Why? Because God, this will nutshell everything for you. God has an origin story for us. Satan has an orphan story for us. There is a narrative that is by design, and it's called the narrative of Eden. And so God's design is to always get us back to his original intent. He's always looking for ways to restore that Eden in our lives. And Satan is always after ripping it away from us. And this back into the fear of never being good enough. And so when Annie is speaking to that of we are, either driven or were led. And so if you unpack chapter eight, when we read the scripture that we read that scripture earlier that said that we're moved not by our flesh or what we want, but by the impulse of the Holy Spirit. Right? It's the spirit that's it's the spirit that's leading us. Right? So that's the why we can begin with why do we want to be and the how is we begin to renew our minds so that our lives will transform. And if this is your, maybe this is a starting point for you today with Annie and Elizabeth and with myself, maybe this is exactly what you needed. 
to start 2022. That this is this is you pushing pause today for just a little bit. Maybe the first time this year that you've said, you know what? Not only do I want this, but I need it. So we're so glad you're here. Oh my goodness, I'm totally gonna rewatch this and take more notes because I can't write fast enough. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking at it. I'm trying to pack it. everything. It's in. okay. It's, we all replay. I can watch it again. Uh, I have a question speaking to the motive of Romans 8 being led by the Spirit, was kind of being like operating in your true identity of love, like being loved. And then being, would you say, my question was, would you say people, the orphan spirit is driven by fear? Or what is that driven by? Self? By um, always fear fear that's always what I thought that's what I wrote but Absolutely. okay always fear. we can know that that's a great question it's a great question some of you have may have said in your life I just I just can't hear God's voice God is quiet he feels silent and I want you to know that as you heal and as you grow and as you mature spiritually and you become healthier you're going to recognize and identify cycles and patterns. You're going to notice dysfunctional ways, broken ways that we communicate with God, ourselves and others. And you will see, and that's what's beautiful. You guys, I cannot emphasize this enough. That's the amazing process of soul care is that, okay, the enemy doesn't want you to know what you don't know. If you're taking notes, please write that down. I had a mentor. God bless him. Him and his wife are no longer on this earth, but I will never forget years ago. He was a New York Times bestselling author, amazing man. And he was from the Bahamas and he said he had that beautiful accent and he said he doesn't want you to know. And I'll never forget him saying that. And I've carried that with me for years. Satan doesn't want you to know what you don't know. Aren't you ready to know what you don't know? And the only one that can be ready to take that drink, right? We can lead you there. But you've got to say, I'm ready to take a drink. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. When you do that and when you choose and when you decide, my pastor says, in your life, you're going to have things that may not be your fault but it's still your responsibility. What does that mean? We can feel defensive at first, like, wait, wait, what is she saying? You know, the use or whatever your situation is that you've gone through that you're facing. What he's saying is that the next part of that is the promise. And that is, it may not be your fault, but it's still your responsibility because you want to take ownership of your future. Do you want all of that to keep speaking into your future? Or is this your day that you decide, is this your year for that to look different for you? Right? So we sit in that pain with you. We sit in whatever it is that you have walked through in your life up to this point, And we love you. We want you to know that God is for you. We're for you and fighting for your heart and your freedom. Now, how do you want your future to look? So it may not be your fault, but your responsibility is to your future. How do you want that to look to recreate that? 
Um, I have a question. Thank you so much, Juliet, for coming. This is very, very good and enlightening. Um, so I have a question about like ministry and, um, and how it relates to like feeding the soul versus like draining the soul. Um, how do you determine like how much time to put into ministry, which tends to be, I mean, at least for me, I feel more drained just because you're giving and it's like a, you're giving of yourself and it's not, um, I don't know if that makes sense versus like, um, soul quenching, like friendships versus like more ministry. Um, I'm having a hard time, like balancing, balancing that or almost even differentiating that. Um, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. So, um, thank you for asking that question. Um, so I have a couple of questions for you, if you can stay unmuted for just a minute. Um, so the, um, when you're involved in ministry, do some of your relationships, uh, cross over into personal and ministry? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Quite a few of them, or do you have any that are unrelated to ministry? Um, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to figure out like, which ones are like, more ministry and more and which ones are like more like friendships and having a hard time even differentiating them but I know that there's I have to figure out some boundaries and um kind of figure out what the balance is mm. yeah that's really powerful it does it does come down to it does come down to boundaries and the the lines the lines can can become blurred um, very easily. And, you know, the way that we avoid burnout is always looking for avenues for ourselves that, um, that are, are helping us to tend to our soul and creating, creating space in our life to be able to breathe. And those relationships, you know, sometimes we don't realize the relationships that we maintain or how much we give can also be an indicator of what's lacking in, in ourselves. And what I mean by that is um, sometimes we pour in to areas of other people's lives because it's, it's our own insecurity. So it's, in other words, this is an easy way to say if we, well, they, you know, I'm not saying this is you, I'm just giving you an example. Well, they need me. This person needs me. If I don't do it, who's going to do it? without acknowledging that sometimes that's a lack of trust on our part. And sometimes we want to be needed. And so we just continue to give and to give and to give. And there's times in our lives where we, um, we allow that to take up so much space. And it's interesting that God also takes pleasure in us being still. And we can, we can become so involved in ministry that it almost becomes an affair of the heart instead of that, that affair, love affair that we have with Jesus and coming back to, and sometimes it's just coming back to the core and, and just having a reset and finding ways to reground ourselves um, spiritually 
mentally and emotionally. And it may be to, for you to just pull just, and just take time and journal and um, ask, begin to ask those hard questions and what you need to keep, what to release, what you're fighting for and what God is asking you to, to release. Does that answer your question a little bit? Yes. Thank you. You're so welcome. Juliet, do you want to share your website and your social that you use? Sure. To connect. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Annie. Thank you, Elizabeth, for having me on and for all of you beautiful people for being with us today. It's amazing and stepping into the space with all of you. Hope you guys have a wonderful Wednesday. Um, so my company is wildwellcompany.com is the site, wildwellcompany.com. And then you can find me on um, Facebook and Instagram. I'm on Instagram more, although my Facebook Facebook is connected, but if you want to follow me on Instagram, I would love that. So it's, if you look at my name on the screen, um, it's Juliet and then Marhofer. I know it's a German name. So it's Juliet and then M-A-R-H-O-F-E-R, Duggar. You can also, I'm also connected, of course, to Annie and Elizabeth too, but Juliet Marhofer Duggar is my Instagram account and um, I will be announcing my book release soon. I'm so excited about that. So uh, lots of goodness coming. And then Annie and Elizabeth are both uh, contributors for Wildwell and we just released Annie's article. Um, was that last week? I'm trying to think when that was or was that Monday? When was that? I think that was last week. Yeah. And yeah. then um we have one coming that's so good from Elizabeth as well. Um, so that will be a new article for you guys to, to check out. But if you go under the about section, you can see um, Elizabeth's bio will be up soon. Annie, Annie's is on there and go to the blog and you can see Annie's latest article on there too. So yeah, thank you guys for having me today and for hanging out. It's awesome. Thank you. We hope that this episode of the Bloom Strong podcast blessed your life and added so much value to your day. If you'd like to partner with us and support us, go to www.bloomstrongministries.org. You can find us on social media at Bloom Strong Ministries.